We're in the book of James today. If you were with me, with me last week, I told you we were going to be doing a lot of stuff from the book of James. If you're a Christ follower and you want to catch some conviction, open your Bible up to the book of James because he'll give you a crash course in how to be a Christian, like right now. Like if you're ever walking along, like, you know what? I'm doing a pretty good job following Jesus. Yeah, read the book of James and you'll realize that maybe you're not. But there's always hope and there's always grace. And he's got a lot of that in here too. Anyway, book of James, chapter three, starting in verse two, the Bible says this. For we all stumble in many ways, don't we? If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature, able also to control the whole body. Now, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, that we direct their whole bodies and consider ships, though very large and driven by fierce winds, they're guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, though the, the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sits ablaze a large forest and the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness is placed among the members. It stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire and it itself is set on fire by hell golly every kind of animal bird reptile and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind but no one can tame the tongue it is a restless evil full of deadly poison with the tongue we bless our lord and father and with it we curse people who are made in god's likeness blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth my brothers and sisters these things should not be this way does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening can a fig tree produce olives my brothers and sisters or a grapevine produce figs neither can salt water can a saltwater spring yield fresh water? Go to the Lord in prayer with me this morning. Father, we praise your holy name. We worship you in the spirit and in the truth. God, we seek to glorify you this morning. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would minister to us body, mind, and soul. And Father, I just pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would take control of this tongue that's in our body and help us to subdue it and to use it for your good and your glory and your power and your ministry and your peace and your comfort and those things alone in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we just give God a shout of praise for being in the house with us this morning? Man, God is good. And all the time. Man, let's try that again. I said, God is good. And all the time. When I say to God, you say, be the glory to God. To God. To God. I'm so grateful for his grace this morning. I'm so thankful for his grace this morning. Because we all stumble in many ways, don't we? I mean, the Bible here says we all stumble in many ways. And I think James gains a lot of credibility here by saying just those things. You know, when we go to Bible college and we learn about ministry and preaching and all those things, we learn these two big words that they're like, you know, $10 words, man, uh, hermeneutics and homiletics. And uh, hermeneutics means what James was trying to communicate to his first century audience. And, and homiletics means what I then can gain from this stuff to communicate to my 21st century audience. But here, it's no different. Like in this scripture, the, the her, hermeneutical translation and the, the or interpretation and the, her, and the homiletical interpretation are completely the same. His audience is the same. You know why? Because they stumbled in many, in many ways, and so do we. So do we. We stumble in many ways. Man, we fall down all the time. We trip, we fall, we stumble, we get trapped up in all kinds of temptation. We trip over every obstacle that put, gets put in our path a lot of times. And you know who trips us more than anybody else? We do. Yeah, we do. I'm the one that tied my shoelaces together. 
I'm the one that ate that banana and tossed the peel right in my path. I'm the one that strode those marble all the way across the floor. I'm the one that put that Lego right in the middle of the hallway and stepped right on it. It wasn't the kids. It was me. It was me. I'm the one that causes myself to stumble all the time. I'm the one that trips myself up and keeps me from being able to follow God with everything that I have. It's me. It's always me. But you know what? The more that we follow Christ, the less that we should stumble. Does that make sense? It's called discipleship. It's called Christian growth. I should stumble less this year than I did last year. And I should stumble less next year than I have this year because if I'm following Christ, then I get to see the way that Christ walks. And if I see the way that Christ walks, then I begin to emulate the way that Christ walks. And so if you find yourself stumbling now the same way that you stumbled back when you first got with God, back when you first started following Jesus, then you really need to look at yourself and see if you're following Jesus at all. You need to work out your own salvation and fear and trembling, man. Because the more that we follow Jesus, the less that we stumble. Will you still stumble? Of course you will. Should you stumble as much? No. And yet as I look at the church, I see people that have been going to church for 37 years that are still walking around like toddlers that are getting their first steps. It's no good. It's no good. We, we, we have to grow in Christ and we need to stumble less. But when we do stumble, man, there's grace for us. Can you say amen? Thank God that there's grace for us because if there wasn't, he would have wiped me off the face of the earth a long long time ago but his grace is enough for me his grace is more than enough for me and the bible goes on to say that if anyone does not stumble in what he says he is mature and can also control the whole body man we stumble in many ways but i'll tell you what way we stumble in more than anything else is with this mouth I mean, we can be living right in every other way. I mean, we can put down the, the booze and the pills. You know, we can, we can stop messing around with other people that we're not supposed to be messing around with. We can stop going to the places that we're not supposed to be going to. I mean, we can be set free from all the sin that we used to do in our life. But for whatever reason, we can't stop running that mouth, can we? We can't. We can't. We can't stop running that mouth. And, and, and I'm about to show you why from Scripture. It happens all the time. We've always got something to say. I mean, you can be living your life in such a mature Christian way, and that mouth will get you in so much trouble. I told you all last week how much I love my mother-in-law, right? I love you. She feeds me, takes care of me, watches the kids for me. I'm pointing at the camera. She's not here, but she's at home watching our kids right now. She's got my little bits with her right now. I love her so much. But, you know, in every family, you have situations where you have a little contention. Amen? You have a little contention. And one day, she was on my case pretty good. And, uh, you know, she was on me about something. I can't, I, honestly, I can't even remember what it was now. But, but she, was, she was just, you know, she was on my case about something. And so I texted my wife. And I said, honey, your mom is on my back and she's getting on my last nerve and blah, 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 blah. Guess who I sent that text to? <laughs> No kidding. Once you say it, you can't unsay it. And so I was sitting there looking at my stupid phone, and I was just waiting for like the bubble, you know, the iMessage like bubbles to start, and they never did. And so I was like, what am I going to say? Like, what do I do now? And so I texted her, and I was like, that, I meant to send that to my wife. And she texts back and said, I know, dot, dot, dot. 
And I texted her back again, and I said, I'm so sorry. And she texted me back again, and she said, I know. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And she forgave me. I mean, we worked past it, but you still can't unsay what you said. I mean, you still can't take it back. I mean, you can apologize all day long, and you can try to make it up to them, but you can't unsay what you said. Once it's out there, it's out there. I mean, once you get it out there and the damage has been done, it can be healed, but it can't be unhurt. Does that make sense? It can be forgiven, but it can't be undone. Once you say something, you've said it. And so a big part of my sermon today, not the most important part, but a big part is just be careful with your words, man. Be careful what you say, because once it's out there, it's out there. Once you've unleashed it, you've unleashed it. You know, on a more serious note, man, I, I used to be the chairman of the board of the Addiction Deliverance Outreach Ministry, right? So a lot of times it was up to me to make some decisions on what was going to happen in people's lives. And, uh, you know, one day there was this police raid and all this stuff took place, man. And, and you know, there was this person that, you know, had to go back to jail. I mean, they just had to. I mean, I, and I didn't want to send them to jail. I don't want to send anybody to jail. Well, sometimes I do. You know, I'm telling you, jail's not the worst thing for you, though. It wasn't the worst thing for me. Can somebody say amen? Save my life, man. Save my life. It did. It saved my life. There was, you know, it wasn't the worst thing for me. Sometimes people need to go, but I didn't want to send them, but it just had to happen. It just had to happen. They were caught in a police raid. There wasn't nothing I could do for them. I tried to help them, but, but this was probably going to be the best thing for them anyway. But anyway, there were some people that loved them dearly and this really affected them negatively. And so they came up to me and told me that I was a child of the devil and that I was a sinner straight from hell and that I had no business being a preacher, had no business speaking in anybody's life and had no business doing all this stuff and just like said anything that you could say to a person to me. And uh, it really made it hurt. You know what I'm saying? It hurts. I was just trying to do what the Lord called me to do, man. It still, it still hurts me now. And then they came back later and were like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean any of that stuff. And, and I forgive them, but it still hurt me. You know what I'm saying? It hurt me deep down. And, and I still carry some of that scar with me now because, man, you know, some of the things that people say to you, they carry with you. And God can heal all those wounds and deliver you from all those wounds, but the hurt still happened. You know, the hurt still happened. And, and so my point is be careful with what you say and it seems to be that this is the hardest thing for us to do but do you know why it's because the words that we say reveal the heart that we have the words that we say reveal the heart that we have and I didn't make that up that came from Jesus this says this in the book of Matthew in chapter 15 don't you realize that whatever goes into your mouth goes through the stomach and is eliminated, but whatever comes out of your mouth comes from your heart, and that's what defiles a person? For from the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adultery, sexual morality, thefts, false testimony, slander. These are the things that defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands, that does not defile a person. I mean, the sins that often define us, the things that we get trapped in and locked up in and, and tore up in and the things that destroy our lives and the lives around us, a long time before they ever happen with our hands, a long time before they control our feet and take us where we don't need to go, they come out of our mouth, don't they? Don't they? They come out of our mouth. Like before we're going to do something awful, we talk about the awful thing that we're going to do. Before that we go, and you know, for those of us that were trapped in addiction, I'm sure some of you uh, ladies can, can recognize this with me. Like before I went to go use and relapse, I was going to talk about what I was going to do. I was going to talk about it. I was going to tell somebody about it. You know what we ought to do? You know what I ought to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. We have thoughts in our mind that are twisted and messed up, but we can cast those thoughts away. We can cast those thoughts away. You know, the Bible says to take every thought captive for Jesus Christ, and we can do that. But once it comes out of your mouth, you've spoken life into it. Can you say amen? And when you speak life into sin, it begins to bring death. When you speak life into sin, it begins, it begins to bring death, not just to you, but to the people around you, because you've given it some, you, you've made it real. 
You know what I'm saying? When you speak it out loud, you've made it real. You've given it some power. You've given it some life. So be careful with the things that you say because those things can direct the path that your life is going to take from that point forward. The Bible says this in verse 3. Now if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies. And consider ships, though they're very large and driven by fierce winds, they're guided by very small rudders wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, the tongue is the smallest part of the body, but it boasts great things. Do you ever see a little bitty girl sitting on top of a great big horse. Little bitty tiny girl in her little equestrian boots and stuff, sitting on top of one of them great big old Budweiser Clydesdales. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, and she's got these reins in her hands, and this little tiny girl that really has no business even sitting on that horse is able to tell that gigantic animal wherever it needs to go just by tugging on that rein. And so she, just by the bridle that is in that horse's mouth, can direct the path that its entire life is going to take. So our tongue directs the path that we're going to take. If you go around speaking gloom and doom all the time, guess what your life's going to be? Gloom and doom. If you go around speaking jealousy and envy and hatefulness all the time, guess what your life's going to be like? Jealousy and envy and hatred. If you go around speaking blasphemy and, and, and all this stuff against God all the time, guess what your life is going to be? It's going to be that in a nutshell. Man, but if you speak truth and life and grace and glory, guess what path that your life is going to take? If you go around speaking joy and peace and comfort and the things of God in your life, then guess what direction that your life is going to go? If you talk about God all the time, then God's going to be injected into your life, and not just your life, but the lives that are around you, into the lives that you have influence over. See, your words have more power than you think that they do. You might not realize the influence that you have in people's lives. Check, check this out. Consider how a small fire sits ablaze a large forest, and the tongue is a fire, the tongue, a world of unrighteousness is placed among our members and it stains the whole body and it sets the course of life on fire and it itself is set on fire by hell. Oh my. You know, it just takes a little spark to light a whole big forest fire. You know, some of the, the biggest fires that have ever been started in our world have been because somebody flicked a cigarette butt out the window. A little bitty ash on the end of one of them cancer sticks, man, have caused these fires that have destroyed people's homes and taken their lives and taken out half the country. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy what a little spark can do. And your words can be the same thing. You don't understand the power that you have into somebody's life. You have speaking influence into people's lives, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your children and grandchildren, your brothers and sisters, all your family, your friends, the people that you know at work, all your friends on the stupid social media. Whatever it is, man, you've got speaking permission into these people's lives and the words that you speak into their lives have an effect on them and in them and then in turn through them. It can light a fire that you can't put out. Just a little bitty spark, just a simple word can, can start a fire that you cannot put out. I got a little mouthy two-year-old at home. He's mouthy. He'll tell you he speaks in complete sentences too. He'll say, this is mine and you can't have it. And stomp his little foot. It's mine. And you know what? That little mouth gets his whole body in trouble. We don't just put his mouth in timeout. 
We put his whole little body in timeout. And he sits over there with his grumpy face. And sometimes his little mouth gets his little butt spanked. And it wasn't his butt that got in trouble. It was his mouth that got him in trouble. But it's his butt that gets the punishment for it. And so what I'm trying to explain to you is sometimes our mouth gets us in trouble, but our whole body, our whole mind, our whole spirit is the one that has to face the consequences. One time I was in court and I was just in there for a, a no tags, right? Because I'm really bad about not getting my tags renewed, right? And, and so, yeah, amen. And so I, I didn't get my tags renewed. I got pulled over in Bowling Green. They gave me a ticket, but all I had to do was just go show my stupid registration, right? And, and, and so, and you know, I mean, some of you guys have had that before. You just got to go show your paper to the judge and they're like, okay, and they let you go home. So the guy that was in front of me in court had the same issue, exact same thing, no tags. And he had his paper where he paid his registration. And, and all he had to do was go show the judge his little tag where he had, you know, paid his registration. And so he goes before me and he walks up to the judge and he's got swagger, right? Like he walks up there with some swagger and, and like he's got his body language is just all wrong to be in front of the judge. You know what I'm saying? All wrong. And so the judge says, son, stand up straight and look me in the eyes. And so he shoots off that mouth, right? At the judge says he don't have to and a whole bunch of other stuff. And so that day, that young man who all he had to do was go up there and show his paper to the judge, he went to jail, to jail and got locked up. Me, I went to Zaxby's and got chicken strips. You know why? Because I walked over and looked up the judge in the eyes and said, yes, sir, pay my registration. Yes, sir, here you go, sir. Thank you, sir. And I went home, and he went to jail. And it was all because my mouth got me out of trouble, and his mouth got him into trouble. Can you say amen? Guard your mouth. Guard your mouth. Why in the world would you want to speak with the fires of hell? Why would you want to let the demons of hell control what you say with your mouth? You know, we've got two choices. We can either speak damnation and destruction and curses out into the world and watch the world burn, and we can speak of the fire that comes from hell, or we can choose our words by the grace of God, and we can speak with the fire of the Holy Spirit that burns for him and burns through him and brings about blessings and honor and grace and glory by the power of God. It was no coincidence that it was tongues of fire that fell on the heads of the apostles on the day of Pentecost and caused them to be able to speak where every single person that they spoke to would understand what the grace of God is. We can either speak with the fires of hell or we can speak with the fires of the Holy Spirit of God. Which one are you going to choose? Which one are you going to choose? I mean, do you want to burn your family and your friends and yourself up with the fires of hell or do you want to set them alight with the grace of God? Can you say amen? With the things that I say right here in this pulpit... I can either speak with the fire of the Holy Spirit and cause people to come to repentance and experience God, or I could say things up here that cause them to turn away from God and go into the fires of hell. It's just true. You know, after what I speak this week, I could come back up next week and be like, man, by the grace of God last week, people were saved by the power of the Holy Spirit. He caused redemption to take place. Chains were broken. People were saved. Lives were changed. The glory of God was revealed in heaven. Or you could get Jeff Cooper up here next week as a representation of our elder board saying, well, uh, you know, the guy that was up here last week and you know the things that he said. And uh, because of that, he burned down his own life and calling and he won't be back. 
And I could, and we're going to pray for him, but he's just not able to come up here and speak anymore. And then I could come in the door and be like, but I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, and Matt Armstrong could escort me off the premises just by the things that I said. And so the question is, what do you want to say? Do you want to use your mouth and your tongue and your words and your speech for the glory of God? Do you want to let the the fire that comes from your mouth be the flame that burns with the grace of the Holy Spirit of the living God? Or do you want it to be controlled by the things of hell? It's up to you to make a choice. It really is. It's up to you to make a choice. You know, the Bible goes on to say this. Hang on, let me find my place here. Yeah, man. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and it is evil and it is full of deadly poison. You know, he's just speaking truth here. You know, our tongue can't be healed because it's part of our free will, what we say. It can't just be healed, but it can be subdued. It can be controlled, but it's still up to us to fight that battle and every day is going to be a battle. Every day is going to be a battle. Uh, But like I said, the more you walk with God, the less you'll stumble. The more you choose to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, control what you say, the easier it'll be to control what you say. The more life and grace and truth you speak, the more life and grace and truth you'll get used to speaking. You know, when I first tried to avoid sin, it was always tough. I was like, oh, here comes some sin. Oh, here comes some. But now I just do it automatically. You know what I mean? Like if there's sin over there, I just like go this way. You know, I mean, it gets easier as you go, but it's a battle, man. In the book of Romans in chapter seven, Paul says, why must I do the things that I'm not supposed to do? And why can't I do the things I know I'm supposed to do? So the apostle Paul battled with those things. And so we're going to, too. It's going to be a lifetime of it. It's going to be a lifetime of it. But by the power of the Holy Spirit that is within you, you can control the things you say. And some people are like, well, I just can't control the things I say. Yes, you can. If you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you can you can. I had someone tell me one time that their spiritual gift was just saying what was on their mind. And I was like, well, that's not one of them. That's not, it's not one of them. That's not on the list. That's not in Corinthians or Galatians or even in Second Paul. And there's a lot of stuff in Second Paul that's not good, but that's not even in there. It's not in the Bible, by the way. That's just my name. The gifts of the Spirit... The fruit of the Spirit. Let's, let's talk about the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5 is this. Love and peace and kindness and gentleness and joy and forbearance and self-control. It seems kind of out of place there. And yet I think it's the most important one. See, by the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, you can live a disciplined life. You can. You can. But by the gift of God, by the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, you can live a disciplined life. You know, all that stuff you used to pick up all the time, you can put it down. You know, all the stuff you used to carry with you all the time, you can put it down. You know, all the stuff of God that you never picked up before, by the grace of God, you can pick it up. You know, the things that you used, the places you used to go, you don't have to go there anymore. You know, all the things you used to say, all the garbage and trash you used to speak into the world, you don't have to say those things anymore. You don't have to. You don't have to say those things anymore. Are you going to stumble a little bit at first? Yep. Yep. But you don't have to say those things anymore. 
You don't have to. You can be a different person. You do not have to be the person you've always been. By the grace of God, you can be somebody brand new. You can live a different way. You can walk a different way. And by God, you can even talk a different way. Can you give God praise for that at the Way Church this morning? You can talk a different way. The Bible says this, man. It says, with the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in God's image. With our tongue, we have the power to do the greatest thing imaginable, and that's to praise the living God. Do you know that's why we were made? I mean, it's why we exist is to praise God. You know, some people have brought about a lot of different reasons that we're alive, but this is the one. We live to praise God. We live to bring glory to God. And with your mouth, you can do that. And then also with your mouth, you can do one of the most cursed things you could ever do. You could curse his greatest creation, the thing that he loves the most. And you can do both of those things with the same instrument, the same part of your body that you have. But things should not be that way. Things should not be that way. We we should not do that, man. We need to be people of God that speak the things of God. Speak truth, speak life, speak grace, and stop speaking curses and stop speaking damnation. Man, don't let those things come out of your mouth. You know why? Because if they come out of your mouth, they've just revealed your heart. See, if you've got a mouth problem, you don't really have a mouth problem. If you've got a mouth problem, you've got a heart problem. Because everything that we do that is not for the glory of God, it stems back to our heart. We've got a heart problem. Psalm 51.10 says, God create a new heart in me and restore a right spirit within me. It doesn't say, God fix my mouth. No, it says, restore, renew my heart. Create a new heart in me. Man, if you've got a, got a mouth problem, you've really got a heart problem. And, and, and so if you want to be fixed, man, if you want to be new, you need to stop treating the symptoms and go to the source. Go to the source. And so God gives us both some practical ways that we can be different and then some incredibly spiritual ways that we can be different. So I want to go real quick to the book of James in chapter one. The Bible says this, my brothers and sisters, take note of this. That means it's really important. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. Oh, I think we got that backwards. Don't you? I think we got that backwards. I think too often in our lives, we're slow to listen and quick to speak. I don't know about you, but I'm always waiting for my turn to talk. I hope some people are under some conviction right now. I'm always waiting for my turn to talk. I never wait for my turn to listen. When will it be my turn to listen? No, we, we, no, we don't ever do that, do we? No, 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 no. Oh, boy, I get to listen to somebody now and get to know them and experience them and receive them. We don't ever do that. We don't, we don't go into a conversation with our spouse and be like, oh, I can't wait to listen to what they have to say. Pour it on me, honey. I'm ready. We don't go to our kids when they've messed up and just want to hear their side of it, do we? Oh, no, 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 no. We want to go to them and tell them what's wrong with them and what they need to do to fix it right here, right now. Because God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. That means you should listen at least twice as much as you talk. Probably a lot more than that. What if we went into every situation ready to listen to what's going on in somebody's life as opposed to telling them what we think they should be like? What if we went into every situation ready to hear what's going on in somebody's heart before we pour out what's in ours? What if we change things, guys? What if we're different? It goes on to say this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. 
see that word righteousness comes from the root rightness, right? So human anger a lot of times just stems from the want to be right. We want to be right, don't we? You know what we need to stop doing is trying to be right, and we need to worry about who is the one that's really right. You know who's right? God's right. When I argue with you, you know who's right? God's right. When you're arguing with me, you know who's right? God's right. God's always right, and we need to start uh, seeking to line ourselves up with his rightness as opposed to bringing our rightness out into the world. How do we do that? This is where it gets real serious for Christians. The Bible says this, therefore get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent. Um, that word get rid of in, the, in the, the Greek here just really means take it off. Take it off. You know, you're wearing a, a coat of filthiness. You're wearing those grave clothes that you still walked out of the grave with. Take that stuff off. And humbly accept the word that has been planted in you. Yeah, come on, Dakota. Whoever wants to come, whole band, everybody, it don't matter to me. Humbly accept the word that has been planted in you. So this is where I leave the non-Christians behind. I gave people that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior or don't want to some serious advice, right? Serious advice. Be careful what you say. It has an effect on the world around you. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. Do those things. It'll help you in your life. But for those of us that are followers of Jesus Christ, those of us that have the word of God living inside of us, this is just for you or those that desire to. What if you humbly accept the word that has been spoken into your life? What if you stop relying on the things of the world and rely on him instead? What, 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 if, what if everything that you say flows from the word that lives within you? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and everything that was made was made through him and nothing that was made was made without him and in him was life. And that life is the light of all mankind and the darkness will never overcome it. And he came, the word came to earth filled with truth and grace. And what if everything you say and everything that you do flows from the word that has been implanted in you? What if everything that you do in your life, what if every syllable that you make flows from the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you? What if every communication that you have comes from the foot of this cross what then we're talking about reunited marriages we're talking about families coming back together we're talking about prodigal sons coming home for robes and rings and sandals we're talking about people that that you never even imagined would, would, would come to the Lord coming to the Lord what if you spoke from the identity that Jesus Christ has given you? What if you spoke always as a son or a daughter of a king? What if every word you said was as a royal priest called into his service? What if everything you said came from a renewed and a restored heart that was made flesh by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on that cross? What if every time we spoke, man, it was not as me that lives, but as him that lives in me? It can happen. It can happen. As Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross, 
dying of suffocation with only so many breaths left. By the way, did you know that you only have so many breaths left? We think they're infinite, don't we? Newsflash. They're not. They're not. They're numbered. Just like the hairs on your head. Every breath that you're going to take, every word that you're going to have the grace to speak is numbered by the Father. He knows. The question is, how are you going to use them? Are you going to use them to speak blessings into the world? Are you going to use them to speak grace into the world? Are you going to use them to seek and save those that are lost? Are you going to use them to encourage and empower the people that you love? Or are you going to use them to burn it all down and yourself with them? That's the question that we're here to answer today. But before you can use them to do any of that, you got to use them to do this. You see, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is risen from the grave and you confess with your mouth that he is the Lord of your life, that you will be saved. So before you use your words to pour out, you got to use your words to receive. Before you can use your words to bless somebody else, you use your words to receive that ultimate blessing from him. Before you can control the tongue, you got to have that gift of the Holy Spirit within you that gives you that gift of self-control. So man, if, you've, if, you've, if you're not here today as a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, I don't expect you to speak in any positive way. I don't expect you to be able to control your tongue. I mean, whatever you say to me, whatever you say to your family, whatever you say online, man, we expect it. But if you want to control that, if you want to control that, if you want to subdue that fiery pit that you've got under your nose, if you want to use it for God's glory, the first step is to surrender your life to him. And let that become an instrument of his glory and not a weapon of the devil.